0: the black male archives where we capture curate and promote positive stories about black men all right everyone welcome back to the black male archives podcast i'm your host rodney Freeman, and we have with us jerry craft new york times bestseller new kid sir how you doing today i'm wonderful how are you Oh, I'm good. This is a pleasure. We got a chance to connect at uh, American Library Association, ALA, and I'm so uh, honored that we get a chance to talk because your book, My Daughter Who's 12, has your book, and uh, I remember buying it for her because we were moving to a new place, and I was just like, you know what? There's this new kid book. Why don't you read this? Because you're going to be a new kid. So uh, it, it's good to to be here talking to you about your book. If you could tell the listeners a little
1: bit about yourself and your background and where you're from. Oh, so um, I would say much like Jordan Banks in New Kid, um, I grew up in New York City in Washington Heights. I was born in Harlem. I grew up in New York City. Always wanted to be an artist. My mom and dad had only heard the term starving artist, so they did not want (laughs) me to be an artist. So instead of sending me to the art school of my dreams, just like Jordan Banks, uh, they sent him to the prestigious Riverdale Riverdale Academy Day School. In my case, it was a school in Riverdale called Fieldston, where I was one of the few kids of color. And, you know, you went there and it looked like the campus Mm -hmm. of Harvard. You know, that just wasn't anything that I was used to seeing tennis courts and. Swimming pools and, you know, look like a club med to me. And um, so it is funny that of all the books I have self-published over the years, that the book that I get acclaim from is actually looking back at those times. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also my sons also had the same kind of private school life and taking a bit from my sons, taking a bit from them, from myself. And putting it together to make New Kid and then the Companion Book Class Act.
0: Man, that is awesome. Were Did you always want to be a writer? What was it when you grew up? What inspired you to, to go
1: this direction? I never thought about being a writer because there was nothing I enjoyed less than reading, <laughs> you know? And I think that as a kid growing up in the 60s and 70s, I felt like, you know, and you and I talk about this a little bit. Mm that a lot of the books were slavery, civil rights, dads in jail, you know, that kind of thing. And that wasn't my life. You know, I grew up in a Brownstone. We were middle-class black family, Mm -hmm. but I, we, you know, we didn't do things that uh, some of the white kids who I ended up going to school did, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't primarily a struggle. Like you see, yeah. That, that's the only thing we ever have. The only life we ever leave, live on TV is the struggle in the south side of somewhere, the South Bronx, South Central LA, South South Chicago. Right. right. You know, and there's gangs and stuff. And people say, know, I know people like that. Like, well, yeah, well, I know people like that too. But you know people like me and right. people like you and people like, you know. Right. Um, so I just try to add some diversity within the diversity. You yeah, know, like right. those books are important, but we all, we also need our Black Harry Potter's mm-hmm. for kids, dog man. So you know, it can't just be all of that uh, on the shoulders of our kids because we can sometimes forget that they're kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I got to, I got I to gotta segue just for a little bit because. I actually heard uh, another interview with you, and, and and I remember you saying that you really you really didn't read that much, but you did read Marvel comics, though. Yes. So I I gotta ask, what was who who was your go to character?
1: Uh, my go to character was Spider Man. Okay. Because in a way, and this is what was so weird, I felt like I had more in common than Peter Parker mm. than I did Black Elias. You know, Mm -hmm. Black Lightning, Who's DC, Mm -hmm. Black Panther. Um, And then also, I think my second, they were kind of one and two, was the Silver Surfer. Okay. That was my dude. You know? And um, so, yeah, they were like one and two. And then later on, like Nova and, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. But I'm still a big Marvel guy. Okay. go to see I mean when I saw Black Panther and Into the Spider-Verse, I felt like I was 8 years old again
0: Yeah yeah I know I know those were some good stories so oh, I waited so, all my life for that You know and so okay so talk talk a little bit uh, why it's important to um I think me being in the library world I think we both know but this let's just talk like if we didn't know so why was it why is it important to see this representation then in, in books, because this is going to lead me to my next question, which is about some of these people who are trying to ban books. So, so why do you, why do you see
1: this as being important? You know, for kids of color, it's important because it lets them see possibilities that Mm -hmm. they may not see in their day-to-day lives. You know, um, it's so funny and I'll mix this up with the book banning. So in school trip, the main characters who are, you know, Jordan up here, Jewel mm-hmm. is also black, and their friend Liam, who's white, and about eight other kids go to Paris for a week. Mm-hmm. And I already see some people going. well, it's really fun. It's really good. But I don't think my kids will be able to relate to these kids going to Paris. I'm like, yeah, but they can relate to a Mm -hmm. kid on a wizard school Mm -hmm. and riding (laughs) a broom and waving a wand around. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they can uh, go to see Avatar and relate to blue people on another planet. Yeah. They can see Shrek and relate to a little green guy, you know, a big green ogre. So my new thing now is, you know, if they can relate to a blue man or a green man, they can relate to a black and brown man. You know, black mm. and brown kids, you know? Mm. Mm. And I think a lot of the pushback that we get is that certain people want to keep our kids thinking that we are second-class citizens. Right. And not thinking that we can go to Paris and we can go to private schools and we can become doctors and lawyers and presidents, you know, that we right. just have to be rappers and sports stars, you know what I mean? Right. And I think that is kind of what's behind there. It, It just keeps the playing field uneven by taking away our kids hope, because you if you don't see it, you can't really believe that you can do it a lot of times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's so true. And, you know, and once you start kind of peeling back that onion and you get to see exactly like I just found out the other day, please don't, you know, please don't <laughs> if okay. if if I'm if I'm outside. Of, but I just found out maybe a couple of weeks ago that it was a black man that invented the horse saddle. Yeah, I I, I didn't know that, you know, um, I'm looking at some other black men who were very you know uh big into the internet uh revolution back in the day that it was always told that if it was it was just steve jobs and bill gates and that's it you know but i'm finding out there was a lot of black people that are involved so yeah it's you know if you if you kind of remove that from you know that 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 history from people again you know it's going to be like you know we're just going to keep you ignorant you know yeah um so segueing into how important is it to kind of build this network within this writing community amongst black men who are writers because i see that you and i've seen you've been on a couple panels with you know uh uh, I think Kwame uh, Alexander and the and the, uh, the author who wrote uh, Tristan strong and, and, and I see uh, black men are, are especially reading some of their, their works of fiction are really, you know, they seem like they stick together. So how important is it to form that relationship, those bonds in this writer community?
1: It's cool. Cause Kwame Alexander uh, won a Newbery, which is, you know, one of the most prestigious writing awards. So only six of us, six African Americans, have ever won. So oh, wow. Kwame Alexander's won, myself, and uh, a young sister just won two days ago, which yep. is absolutely unbelievable. So she joins the crowd. She joins okay. us with Christopher Paul Curtis, a woman, a woman named uh, Amina Luckman Dawson. Mm. And so it's myself, Kwame Alexander. Um, Victoria Hamilton, uh, Christopher Paul Curtis, and Andrew Taylor. And so there have been, I think, 102 Newbery Awards, so for only six mm-hmm. of us to be. Yeah. And then the Tristan Strong series is another Kwame. That's Kwame and Balia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, my buddy, uh, Eric Velasquez, um, you know, Derek Barnes. I like it because we push each other. Mm-hmm. But in a good way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't see them as rivals. Yeah, you know. um, The better one of them do, the better we all do. You right. know. So, right. I I like that camaraderie, and I like that. You know, if Kwame comes out and sees that I got a new, new kid jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. he's gonna say, "Oh, you know what? I want to do." A crossover, blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, and Jason Reynolds may say, Oh, well, if you're doing that, shoot, that gave me an idea. I'm gonna do a jewelry line. Yeah. You know, that represents this. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of thing I think is is really good. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you need that. You need people that root for you. Yeah. Because you know what it's like when you're around just people who are struggling for that same piece mm-hmm. of the pie, mm-hmm. they may love you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're going to buy your book. They don't right. start support <laughs> you. Right, like, right. You're an author yourself. And, yep. you know, you may be like, hey, man, I got this book. Like, oh, hey, yeah, good luck, mm-hmm. man. You know, right. You. Bye. Right. I'm like, well, you know, my book is $10. Oh, I don't have that. But then you got $300 sneakers on. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't break off $10. You said I was important to the kids and the community. Yeah. So we still have a lot of learning to do on how to properly support each other. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes you need people who are peers because we understand that. Mm -hmm. And I think can kind of give back to each other a little bit more
0: okay okay so what would you say um, what would be your advice to somebody uh a young black author trying to uh uh, to break into this business and has done some maybe some self-publishing but now wants to go into the publishing route or you know or just you know just wants to be inspired to continue to do what they're doing what would you say to that person
1: are we talking about you rodney (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) or if I'm asking for a friend (laughs) right (laughs) that Um, guy (laughs) so like when you and I were kind of chopping up uh, before Mm -hmm. like don't feel like you have to do what's already out there Yeah, you know like when I was doing new kid I wasn't trying to do the hate you give you know I wasn't trying to do you know anything that was historical because that just wasn't the books that I wanted to read as a kid yeah. and I think that a lot of black authors tried to we're conditioned that you know the kid plays football you know or or the girl plays soccer every day with her mom and then right before the big match you know mom loses her job and Dad mm-hmm. gets arrested, and now she has to live with her grandparents, mm-hmm. and now she has to overcome all this adversity. And I'm like, sometimes we don't need all that, yeah. You know, what I mean, sometimes just let the girl go out for the team, and her mom is there, and dad's making cupcakes. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I didn't say mom right. making cupcakes, switch it around, right? The right, right. right. You know, dad's making cupcakes, and they go there, and she makes the winning goal. You know, give the kids something to feel good about start to finish without taking them on this roller coaster and all of a sudden it's good. And then like grandpa dies, you know, got hit in the head with a soccer ball. Mm -hmm. And now every time she sees a soccer ball, she pictures grandpa laying out there. You know, you know what I mean? Like we don't always put the weight of the world on our kids. Sometimes we should just let them be kids. Man,
0: that is good advice. Thank you for that advice. That was for me. (laughs) And anybody else listening, man, this has been great, man. Jerry Craft, can you tell the listeners uh, if you're working on any new projects and then where they can follow you on social media?
1: Yep. So social media, I kept it easy. Everything is my name. Jerry Craft, J-E-R-R-Y-C-R-A-F-T dot com for my website and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and all that. Uh, my next book, so the first book is um, New Kid, and then the second book is Class Act. The third book, where the kids go to Paris, is called School Trip. That comes out April 4th. Oh. And, you know, like I said, we've got I got some stuff there that I never had as a kid. You know, yeah. seeing kids of color on a jigsaw puzzle, 450 right. jigsaw puzzle. Uh, there's a New Kid sketchbook, and just all kinds of stuff that I just want to get as much positive stuff out there uh, for our kids. I always say I make the books I wish I had when I was a kid that would have made me a reader.
0: Yeah, man, sir, this has been a pleasure and an honor. And again, thank you for the the advice that you've given me and that you're giving all the listeners. Uh, Jerry Crabb, The Black Male Archives podcast where we capture, curate and promote positive stories about black males, which you are one of. Thank you, sir, for being on the podcast. My
1: pleasure. Thank you, everyone.
0: All All right.